You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. J. Robert Oppenheimer was the head of the Manhattan Project and created the bombs that were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima at the Los Alamos labs. Why? Why? Why they would be doing this now? Who was cast? Who directed? Who wrote? And what's the thing behind the thing? The timing seems a little suspect. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, right before the movie went into production of the Biden regime exonerating Oppenheimer for a trial that happened a long time ago, 50 years after he died. Subsequently, a $100 million movie is made about him being basically some kind of enigmatic hero. Welcome to the special edition of the Flower Conservative Podcast. Uh, we like to always get into the thing behind the thing. The thing I use example oftentimes, people think McDonald's is a is a cheeseburger uh, uh, company. No, they're they're a real estate company. They make more money on real estate, the land that the buildings sit on, that they're permanently owner of, even to the franchisees that they lease. So you look at it, they go, oh, it's a hamburger company. No, it's a real estate company. They own more valuable real estate on corners and intersections than the Catholic Church. That's what they're really about. So when you kind of know what is really behind the thing, you kind of understand the thing. True. And that's what today's episode is about. Uh, we're going to be talking about Oppenheimer, new movie coming out, and uh, you need to know what is the thing behind the thing. And there's nobody that can break that down than the person who brings us the one thing, Mel Kay. This is such a joy, and I love being with you guys, so thank you so much for having me. Very exciting. You know, I spent uh, 20 years, 20 plus years in Hollywood from a very young uh, kid to now, so I've watched a lot happen, and when you guys suggested we talk about this, I was very excited because I don't get to do it that much, so thanks for having me. Yes, well, this, this is going to be a great show. I kind of picture it almost like a little behind the scenes, like when you when you people don't buy DVDs anymore, but you know, it's like the the extra features that go mm-hmm. and you and you know the the, the real characters behind yes. because sometimes they're right. they're re, they're they're whitewashed or expunged or changed or made to look mm-hmm. you know different different ways, and um, it's amazing how well a film when you watch it. Uh, you know, we've talked before, we've done a, you know, a thing about the, the drug trafficking and that movie they made with Tom Cruise, where he's flying drugs in and out. Mm-hmm. I, I was sitting there with Stacy in the theater and because of storytelling, I, I said, you know, I don't want him to get caught. Do you? No. I'm like, I'm pulling for Tom Cruise to not get caught. Doing flying, something bad. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> how? and I even am kind of aware of the storyline, but I still was pulling for Tom Cruise to not get caught, even though he's horrible in every way in this movie, smuggling drugs in and the whole bit. I'm like, but that's how powerful <laughs> yeah. movies are. They can pull you in to a narrative. So I'm so excited for you to, for, for people that are going to be going to that movie this week, please share like, and, and share this episode because you're going to have friends that are going to this movie. And uh, I'm not encouraging people to not go or, or to go. You want to, but you want to go in aware mm-hmm. that you're not susceptible yeah. to, to programming from an outside source without knowledge on your own. And so, so just log this as an educational episode. If you want more education, you can always go to themelkshow.com. Two things you want to do there. One, you want to register for the newsletter because it's the way to guarantee you have a steady pipeline to truth no matter what they try to do in the world of censorship. Number two thing you want to do when you go there is go to the resources tab. It's the very top. If you're listening to this on the treadmill or somewhere else, you can always go to themelkshow.com. But when you go there, you want to go to the resources section and get blown away because she keeps the receipts, the facts. Uh, she's one of the 
the the best researchers really in our movement of of doing the work behind the scenes to uncover truth. She reads the papers from other countries, looking at things from many directions. She goes through historical archives. She reads the biographies. She does the real work and the heavy lifting. A, which is great, so you don't have to. You can go there and go to the resources tab, and all of those receipts yep. are, are archived and stored for you. So you want to go to themelkshow.com, store it, save it as one of your, your favorites on, on your uh, uh, web browser because it's something when you a new thing comes up six months from now, you're like, hey, what's the real deal? And more than likely, she's done the work already. She could go there. Every image that's used in this episode, uh, we'll send to you for free uh, as, a, as, a, as a Dropbox download link. Just send us a text at 40509, the word Mel, M-E-L, 40509, and you'll get an automatic link to your phone that you can go through uh, everything that we get to today, even sometimes things we don't get to, all will come to you in a Dropbox link. Again, just text 40509, the word Mel, and then you are in ownership. It puts you in the driver's seat, not in the back seat, dumb, sick, and broken, blind, like the media apparatuses want you to be. True. It, it puts you in the front where you are actually in charge of your own mind because you're putting truth in there, and it helps you filter the things that are coming out to you every single day. Cool. Well, that is so nice to you guys. And I mean, I just want to say to you guys and to your audience and to producer Colton and uh, to Avery and everyone, uh, the Flyover Conservative show has gotten so amazing. It is it is endlessly evolving and going to new levels. I'm so honored to be here and to watch you guys grow so much since we've been doing shows for about two years. So uh, really, your show is top notch. I watch uh all of your episodes and I hope everyone else out there does too, because uh, there's people doing really quality work out there and you guys certainly are on the top of that list. Thank you, well, Mel. Thank you. I really this, appreciate this it. This specifically is a really yeah. good match because we're incredibly curious and uh, are, I'm ready are to take notes. ready to learn. And, and you, like I said, really do the heavy lifting yeah, and the hard work. That's for sure. Now, if you guys are listening and thinking, what are you guys talking about? Let's play the trailer for them real fast. Cause I think it would be important to understand this is in theaters. It's coming out. Uh, this week. And so if you haven't seen it, you're unaware, check out this trailer real fast. This is a national emergency. Detonator charge. We're in a race against the Nazis. And I know what it means if the Nazis have a bomb. They have a 12-month head start. 18. How could you possibly know that? We've got one hope. All America's industrial might and scientific innovation connected here. Secret laboratory. Keep everyone there until it's done. Let's go recruit some scientists. Build a town, build it fast. If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Why would we go to the middle of nowhere for who knows how long? Why? Why? How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? You're the great improviser, but this, you can't do in your head. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, 
we destroy the world. Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. This is a matter of life and death. But I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? The world will remember this day. Our work here will ensure a peace mankind has never seen. Until somebody builds a bigger one. You are the man who gave them the power to destroy themselves. And the world is not prepared. Truman needs to know what's next. Two. What's next? One. Woo! Big budget. They yep. spared no expense. And, and here's what we're going to break down in this episode, guys, is, is the real characters one by one. Who's Matt Damon in real life? Who did he play? Why? What was the real story behind each of these people? But even more importantly, the timing of this movie mm-hmm and why they would be doing this now, who was cast, who directed, who wrote, and and what's the thing behind the mm-hmm. thing? The thing is what they're selling you. The thing behind the thing is what you need to know because that's the agenda. Yeah, you know, um, for people that don't know this about me, I, uh, I had studied film uh, at NYU and after that, and I specialized in, um, over the years, the last 20 years, in uh, historical dramatic screenwriting. So I have written seven screenplays, some short form, some full full feature length, uh, re- putting together the pieces of times in history and then putting them into uh, narrative form like they are doing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, from everything I've seen, I've talked to a couple people um, from my other life that uh, have already uh, either seen this or know people who have. Uh, Christopher Nolan is a phenomenal, uh, incredible, one of the best filmmakers maybe we've ever had, but certainly in our generation. He's also a um, an old school filmmaker. He writes, directs, and produces himself. He has full control of everything. He also shot this on uh, IMAX cameras, which is very uh, unheard of. And uh, there's a lot of young filmmakers uh, of this day and age, especially of the YouTube, uh, you know, generation as well, that only shoot digital you know, and only shoot, you know, basic camera and like, or even on their old phones. This uh, movie is old school, uh, as good as it gets filmmaking. I believe he doesn't even work with a, um, with uh, monitors that he watches. I think he's just a straight up artist and one of the greatest out there. Uh, interestingly about him, he doesn't like this, the movies. He wants to see, like many people, even when I was back in school, we always talked about it. Uh, many real filmmakers prefer that their films, God willing, because it's like a 98% failure rate there, are seen on the big screen. Mm-hmm. So he shoots his movies and he doesn't, he's not a big fan of streaming. So he had always made his movies, I believe, with Warner Brothers. But um, this is the first one without Warner Brothers because they started doing a thing, which which also um, 
Irishman and other films did this with Netflix, where they were putting out the movie in the theater and simultaneously putting it on streaming. Mm. And, and Nolan wants this movie seen on the big screen and if, if possible on IMAX. So, so yeah. that's, so, you know, that's very intense here, but people should understand this movie is uh, as far as Hollywood goes, especially post COVID, especially a lot of money leaving Hollywood and not a lot of profits. The, the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild are now on strike. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, probably one of the last great movies you'll see for a while in terms of a $100 million budget and a $20 million piece actors. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. They, they spared no expense nope. in the, in the, the mm -hmm. caliber of people that they've brought in. And it's just, it's just interesting, you know, we're going to get into, you know, narratives and why and the combinations of things, but it, so often there is this signaling, this messaging, mm -hmm. this almost like, it's like prophetic, like little preview of what is in store, you know, in, in real life, at, at least a preview of the news cycle mm -hmm. of what's right. about to come from movies and, uh, this cast of characters is not new mm -hmm. to that either. So I'm anxious for you to break these things down. Yeah, no, these these people, especially um, Matt Damon and uh, Emily Blunt and uh, also Robert Downey Jr. tend to be in a lot of these movies that are very topical, that seem to have, um, you know, really historical significance, either retelling the past or predicting the future uh, because they have inside knowledge of technology. They're working with the Department of Defense or the in this case, you know, the government or whatever. What's interesting, so people should know Oppenheimer um J. Robert Oppenheimer was the head of the Manhattan Project and created the uh, bombs that were dropped on uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima at the Los Alamos labs uh, back in the 40s during the Red Scare, during the Cold War. Um, they, they were, he was also, I mean, this man was like a brilliant physicist. I believe he was at Harvard and then Cambridge. And then he was a professor at, at Berkeley and then ran a, a whole lab at Princeton. Um, also Caltech. He was also a um, quantum mechanics, quantum physics. He was friends with Einstein, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, this guy's brilliant beyond, beyond comprehension. So also he had a very turmoil, a lot of turmoil in his life, but, um, basically grew up in New York city immigrants from that ran from Germany, um, and got to this place. What, uh, what happened was that they were being told by intelligence during, um, Hitler's reign that Hitler was creating and the Nazis were creating nuclear bombs and, um, Oppenheimer and many other people that are in this movie as well, uh, are portrayed in this movie figured that, the Americans would need to create it first. So they, so we've heard this a lot with the biological weapons that we, that now that have all been disclosed and a lot of this has been disclosed, or at least people are trying to disclose it, that when you talk about gain of function or Fauci or manipulating viruses, a lot of times when you, when you push them in, in hearings that go, seem to go nowhere, but if you do, it's, it's a lot of times the answer is, well, they were going to do it. So we wanted to do it first so that we could fight it if it happened to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically what's interesting about this timing is we never heard until this Ukraine war and the NATO US UK alliance versus you know Russia and the people that are supporting them so much talk of nuclear brinksmanship like it's something that we should even consider and after he they, these bombs were dropped um Oppenheimer himself was really against the um the proliferation of bombs because before we even finished ours Russia finished theirs 
Mm-hmm. So it was the beginning of the arms race that turned into the Cold War that kept the whole world like with all these things. When our our parents were young, they were doing the drills and then yeah. all yep. of our lives. And when we were in high school or maybe elementary school, they had the day after, which was like another whole thing. Mm-hmm. And literally in the last two years, very irresponsibly, uh, Zelensky himself and others, a lot of people in the Biden administration have talked openly about nuclear weapons, nuclear war. There is a proxy war against Russia that makes less and less sense. We know one thing, Russian has the most nuclear warheads. So, um, and I was looking up today, what would happen if there was a nuclear war? I say, I saw 50 million people would die within the first few hours. So, you know, we have to remember that. And the other thing that's interesting about this, this whole story, Oppenheimer um, when they when they finally finished the the bomb, which was supposed to be, I believe, for Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. not Germany had already surrendered, and they were saying that Japan was pretty close to surrendering, but they dropped those bombs anyway. And we know what happened in uh, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, and then all the repercussions after that, because it's not just the nuclear blast; it's decades of radioactive, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of complications and then illnesses and for the people that do survive. So, you know, this is a very complicated story. It was a very complicated man. And, um, but it is, the timing is suspect to me only because we now are at a place where we have people, I believe psychopaths of a billionaire oligarch uh, cartel that is losing power financially, the great reset, the agenda 2030, and I believe are pushing more and more towards a World War III, which would go nuclear. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if it's that this movie is coming out right on time to scare people to death, because what I'm told from people that have uh, knowledge of this movie and what, it, what it's about and what it looks like is that it's actually very terrifying that they do portray the consequences and what happened. And, and so, you know, I think that it's also a time for discussion about like, why are we in this war um, because also Oppenheimer, he's persecuted, we'll talk about after and um, and during the McCarthy era and his security clearance was taken, which mm-hmm. was oddly given back under the Biden administration, weirdly enough, right before this movie started shooting. Because he but, really um, needed it right now. That's the important thing. Yeah, because well, yeah. he was now from what I was uh, studying, it seems like he had a relationship with two women that were kind of tied to the communist or Marxist agenda. Is that true? Yes, yes, he had. He was. He was. Uh, he, his brother, his um, sister-in-law, his wife, his girlfriend. Who's uh, all, they're both. Yeah, they're all in the movie. Um, also, a lot of his friends were communists. He was also mm-hmm. uh, very involved in the '40s with the Communists of, of America, the Communist Party of America, which is still here today. And there are a lot of people in our government that are part of it. Um, but also, he uh, had tendencies. He said even in his trial. Uh, Because he did have what appears to be some kind of show trial, but we'll talk about that in a minute because there's also something there with the uh, what we dealt with in COVID, where it was like, don't question the science. The science is God. This whole, you know, manipulation of science and technology in terms of, you know, you're not allowed to, because a lot of times people would ask him if he felt he had blood on his hands or that he sinned. And he would say that the scientists weren't the people to blame, you know, that no. That, that, that those are decisions of the government, but you know, there all goes to that, that thing too. But um, yeah, he was involved with a lot of communists. He didn't deny it. He said that he later left them. Um, the reason that his security clearance was revoked, I believe in 1954 
was because he was accused by, um, there was a big, in the 1950, um, we were in the middle of the Cold War and, and now it's coming clear because people weren't as much paying attention to Stalin, it appears, as they were Hitler until Stalin became even worse in a lot of people's opinions. But um, there were a lot of spies on both sides, American and Russian, trading back secrets, especially atomic secrets like this, and nuclear secrets. He was never charged with that. Okay, but he, okay. He, he created it and everything. But there were a lot of implications and suggestions and Russian people that were coming forward and saying that he had a code name in Russia and that he did, in fact, uh, transfer secrets. Whatever the case may be, he had a, a dinner that uh, he went to with his friend Chevalier, also a scientist in this in this wet world, who was also at Berkeley that was trading secrets to Russia uh, and back and forth between America and Russia and the atomic program. And um, through that meeting, he was questioned. We know another person who was once questioned, you know, thinking he had nothing to worry about. And then they were really trying to pick around to figure out how to go after him mm -hmm. in, in what happened with uh, General Flynn and other people that were, yeah. you know, anyone that got called in under the Trump uh, witch hunt that they were just looking for anything they could find. A lot of people think that's what happened to him. But basically, he did lie. Um, that is proven, um, maybe to protect his friend, or they say sometimes to protect his brother, whatever the case may be. There seemed to be a lot of evidence. It was in the middle of the Red Scare. It was a very different time. Um, you know, no media. There's only three channels, not yeah. media like now, no internet. You know, the American people are being told different things about World War II, many of which have come out over the decades to some not be true, some be more true than others. But um, basically, they took his security clearance, which stopped him from being able to participate. And at that time, he was also very against the proliferation of nuclear weapons after what happened and what he saw in hydrogen bombs. He thought that um, he was speaking out a lot about thinking that um, nuclear weapons should be regulated by international agency, if that doesn't mm -hmm. sound like, you know, that. Uh, international agency that looked into uh, weapons of mass destruction or, you know, the UN. So, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of the UN, but at all, <laughs> I think mm -hmm. they're the worst. But I have to say, like, this guy turned out to be somebody that was a problem, I believe, for the military industrial complex. Though he started out as one thing, I think he became a voice for as he got older. He died pretty young in his 60s. Um, okay. But before that trial, um, and when they took his clearance, he was still at Princeton and doing other things. But I think he was, as we still are dealing with the same people, basically, and the same money and it traded down over years and the same financing of all these wars. I think because they want it to be in, I think that the nuclear arms race and the arms race for the hydrogen bomb and everything was also very lucrative. Mm -hmm. I'm, at, I'm at a place where I, I just last night we had dinner. We sat next to two people that fled Ukraine. And we're talking to them. They're normal. Oh. They look like. You wouldn't know. They would think that we, they were like, if you, me, if you guys and me and Rob and them sat at a table, you would have no idea. Like they just look like they just came out of, you know, walked down the street in New York, but they actually just came from Ukraine. And we were talking to them and everyone at the table was like in agreement, like, why not just go for peace? Mm -hmm. And everyone there basically by the end of the conversation said that this, this war is very lucrative for a very mm -hmm. small sure. people that want it. And I think that Oppenheimer started kind of being a thorn in the side it's from what I'm looking at I'm trying to get through the book and I do want to say the book is called um that it's based on it's called American Prometheus and the writer 
seems to be, not only does she defend him in every way, and it seems to me from what I'm reading, and then there's another book that I was looking at, um, that she's very, not just pro Oppenheimer, but she does not believe that he had anything to do with um, the Soviets in the sense that he was accused and then his security clearance removed because of. Uh, she also very much turns it on something that we're dealing now. So the the writer of the book that was very involved in the making of the movie, she made she says this quote about it. She says she had just seen the movie and she says, I am at this moment stunned and emotionally recovering from having seen it all. I think it's going to be a stunning artistic achievement. I have all the hopes it will actually stimulate a national, even global conversation about the issues Oppenheimer was desperate to speak out on. Then she says, about how to live in the atomic age, how to live with the bomb, and about McCarthyism. What it is to be a patriot, what is the role of the scientist in a society drenched with technology and science, and to speak about public issues. What's interesting saying that is that this woman is, uh, from everything I can see, is a diehard leftist Democrat. Hmm. So um, as are many of the people involved in this movie. Uh, actors and others. I don't know about Nolan, but I do know a lot of those actors are very outspoken supporters of Joe Biden. A lot of those people are with the agency that is the biggest supporter of Joe Biden. Most people know that for some reason, Jeffrey Katzenberg is running Joe Biden's 2024 campaign. So there's there's not a lot of wiggle room between the Democrat Party, which is really, I believe, a globalist elite oligarchy run party posing as Democrats, and then um, and Hollywood. And the, a lot of these people in this movie are very, very invested in the politics of this nation on the Democrat side. So it's interesting that the writer that's exonerating him um, is writing basically that this is a, a vindication for him of the, Marx, the, the McCarthyism witch hunt, which a lot of us now are looking back at McCarthyism and thinking, well, when did communism and Marxism infiltrate America? And right. I would beg to, to, for people to please look at when that really started and how wrong McCarthy was, but she obviously doesn't think that. But then she goes on to say, it'll question what a real patriot is, where science fits in with and technology, basically, and to speak publicly and freely about it. These are people that wouldn't, that canceled, destroyed their lives, took, you know, licenses from doctors and scientists that questioned the jab, that questioned the COVID narrative, mm-hmm. that questioned Fauci. I mean, Fauci still is a god in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear this woman's take on Fauci, you know, in, in, in yeah. light of how she's talking about this, because you take Oppenheimer and that story out of it. Um, and, and one last thing before I'll throw to you guys is Oppenheimer, you have to understand that um, very complicated guy. And uh, when this happened, but he, he said this quote that kind of stays with everyone um, that, cause I've read tons of articles that people have written about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he died 50 years ago. So uh, very interesting, but he said this quote, we knew the world would not be the same meaning after they created the nuclear bomb. A few people laughed, a few people cried. Most people were silent. I remember the line from the Hindu scripture the Bhagavad, I would say that wrong, Gita. Vinshu is trying to persuade the prince that he should do his duty and to impress him, takes on his multi-armed form and says, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. I suppose we all thought that one way or another when they mm. completed the bomb. So, and, and that, that, that Vishnu story, by the way, is that multi-armed, um, you know, Hindu statue that's in front of CERN, 
which I find yep. Well, they also made a, a, Obama on the cover of uh, Time magazine. They sure did. Oh, right. Yep. So, right. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so it's very interesting because to me, I'm not sure what CERN's doing, but I know that it's not for the good of mankind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's all kinds of, you know, I'm sure Clay's done with you and I've done with him. And there's all kinds of sh- really disturbing yeah. stuff attached to CERN, but that is their, they have a big giant, uh, you know, statue of this in, mm-hmm. in front of CERN and on like the table when they're having meetings and mm-hmm. uh, it's scary. And that is a quote from that uh, thing. Now I am become death the destroyer of worlds. So, uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the, anyway, you know, so that's, there yeah, exactly. Right there. There's so the that. statue that the interesting one with Obama, there he goes, there's Obama, the God of all things. He's on the cover of Newsweek. And it's interesting. Uh, you know, you talk about the seven mountains of influence. He's holding the world, the military complex, the financial mm-hmm. Uh, markets, which is our currency, um, mm-hmm. the housing market, you know, the dove uh, religion. He's the god of religion, medicine. medicine. He's got the the stethoscope. Um, Obama was really pitching. He's even standing, you know, in the position with the legs and all that, mm-hmm. positioning himself and the media, the, the media know. coming behind it and saying yes. Um, there's there's no coincidences nope. that that is the image mm-hmm. that they're wanting to come into alignment with. That's 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 the at this at the very heart of CERN mm-hmm. is this idea of you know if you're going to trace all these or- organizational charts you come up with good and evil yep and yep. CERN would be truly the workshop of evil mm-hmm. yeah and and you know what i do want the audience to know like we all just dig into things but i i find this we just have to all be very clear and honest this and believe me, I'm sure the movie will win Oscars. I, he'll probably win the Best Actor Award. I'm sure some of the guests, I don't know, one of them will win probably Best Supporting Actor, even though I think that they've taken away actor and actress. And now there's there's mm-hmm. non-gender, which I'm telling you, everyone in Hollywood thinks is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, everyone I've talked to, which you know, yeah. is smaller now. But, um, but that should never happen. But um, I do want people to understand something very bizarre here that we talked about before we came on camera. So we have to understand that he died 50 years ago. His security clearance was taken away well before that. The agency that he worked for, the Atomic uh, Energy Commission, was also ended uh, about, I, I think, 28 years ago or something, Okay. And they had taken his clearance and they said that it was because of his connections to people, Russians that were proven and connections to the Communist Party that were proven. But by, by taking his security clearance, they stopped him from continuing his work in that realm or from stopping them from continuing work. Whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, we don't know, because I think both sides are of, the, of the warmongers are terrible people. But whatever the case may be, some reason in uh, 2021, Granholm who runs uh, Joe Biden's um, Department of Energy that did not exist back then, vindicates Robert Oppenheimer from the 1954 Atomic Energy Commission decision taking away his security clearance just in time for this movie to start shooting. Does anyone have any explanation why this would happen? A, Granholm, you know, isn't even with the agency that took it away because the agency no longer exists. B, she shut down all of our oil and gas and all of our ingenuity when it comes to energy. Nobody's really sure what the Department of Energy does other than end our energy independence. And then 
gets an executive order for Oppenheimer's security clearance to be reinstated 50 years after he died. Hmm. And then subsequently, a $100 million movie is made about him being basically some kind of enigmatic hero, Mm -hmm. uh, just in time for the entire world to find out that the, uh, basically, I believe the draft in America is going to kick in again. They just called up the 30,000 reserve um, troops that were not active duty are now being called to active duty. And what I'm hearing is that they want 80,000 U.S. soldiers in Europe to fight the proxy war with Russia that we shouldn't even be in. And uh, there's a lot more money being put into this. So it's just very, very strange timing. And then when you talk about, we've done shows on predictive programming here and other things, what we'll call it what you want. It's very bizarre that people are going to be going to the movies, seeing a, I think an important discussion about nuclear weapons, nuclear war, the need for them, the, the reason why they were ever created. And was that the, the original sin and to keep creating them, you know, Russia, China, the U.S., they have nuclear submarines all over the world right mm-hmm. now. There, there were Russian submarines right on our outside of our, our waters here not that mm-hmm. long ago with nuclear warheads. They're all over the world. And, and, and Russia has more than we do. So, you know, this nuclear brinksmanship and then it makes you wonder, OK, in the middle of this summer, when they're starting to ramp up the war and we're starting to realize, oh, they are going to bring our children to fight in Europe for a country that we is not in NATO, but also the most people can't find on a map. I believe that this war is uh, a bunch of oligarch billionaires that have one foot in Russia and one foot in Ukraine yeah. and, and are, are making, you know, this is on both <clears throat> sides, at the very, very top. And here we are forced to discuss this on the front lines. And I hear that the movie is really very scary. And, and I just wonder if, like when we saw all the videos we now know are fake of people walking down in Wuhan, dropping dead on the street, and doors being pa- pa- like, you know, shut, and all the all the vi- remember all the images yeah. in, in January and February of the COVID coming from there, or you know, or let's think about another Hollywood movie that the this Inconvenient Truth about climate change or contagion, you know, contagion, so Matt, Matt Damon. Yeah. Right before so I'm COVID. seeing this movie coming out just in time for all these warmonger yeah. project for new American century, Newland, Blinken, Biden, Sullivan, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, Zelensky mm-hmm. saying, and then they're talking, and Lindsey Graham and Blumenthal, a, a stolen valor guy are talking recently about that. We should have a first strike capability, nuclear first strike. There is no, I don't know, like, uh, I'm sure you guys saw it. We were at Turning Point and Tucker spoke and he said, I don't know of Russia killing any Americans. You know, right. why, why are we, why, why are we killing? Like, wh- what are we doing there? What, why, why can't people ask why we are involved in this war and why aren't we just stopping funding and, it? And, demanding- and why is everyone on both sides smashing the gas mm-hmm. pedal? You know, when you have, you know, Mike Pence on stage getting just destroyed by Tucker, not because Tucker is destroying him. Tucker's just asking basic questions that we're all wondering. And Mike Pence chooses to destroy himself by saying, Hey, this, the American people, that deal was really not my concern. My first concern is this war in Ukraine and funding it and keeping it going and ramping this thing up when he's only pulling at 1% anyway, and probably less than that. Now, um, yeah. uh, I, I have no idea why, he would be so hell bent on a war over there other than, you know, he's got some kind of sweetheart deal book deal or something on the back end or 
a, a, a talking gig with MSNBC. I'm not sure who's going to want him when this is over. It's 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 just fascinating that they're all pushing towards there's only one agenda. And I mean, Democrat, Republican across the board are all like, hey, yeah. we need peace there. Tap the yep. brakes on this thing. We don't want our kids going over there and getting shot mm-hmm. up for Hunter Biden's re- retirement fund, you know, right. and and all this stuff. It's like it's like it, nobody wants to be in it other than these elites. Yeah. And why? And, you know, and very, very strangely, because this this, I believe, fully installed regime installed by the globalist billionaire oligarchs that have captured our nation uh, that want this. They've always mm-hmm. wanted the same people. It goes down through centuries. I mean, through the last hundred years, at least you can track it. Funding both sides of every war, also profiting off of the after war rebuild. We all sure. know that BlackRock, uh, as you, you we reported on your show like almost two years ago, that BlackRock was already in bed, that Zelensky had gone to the World Economic Forum, which has a joint agreement with the UN. People keep saying that they're different. They're not. They are all the same people at the very top. Mm-hmm. But that Zelensky had in 2019, we played the clip on here on one of our shows in the past. If people want to go look at our Ukraine shows. They really are insightful more now than ever. Um, but he had announced at the uh, World Economic Forum in 2019, before the war, that he, they wanted nuclear weapons, Ukraine, and also that nu- nu- Ukraine was open for business for the Green yeah. New Deal, tech investments, and Great Reset stuff. So what is being tested there is a lot of energy, a lot of weapons, and the central bank digital currency, track and trace surveillance. People aren't fully aware that a lot of the things that they plan to implement worldwide are already implemented in Ukraine right now. So people have to really look at a lot of this stuff and wonder, you know, again, what is really going on there? And now that, you know, Russia is being backed into a corner. And I just want to propose something here to people that I heard recently. I've had such a hard week, you guys. I don't know what's going on with you guys. And I don't know what's going on with our audience and everyone. But there's just been, I feel like like Satan is really, really trying to really wrangle everything and take people down and hurt people and harm people, Mm -hmm. people I love myself, Mm -hmm. other people, I keep seeing it. It's a desperation. It's a very, very scary time. I think for, um, for the, these evil demons, because Mm -hmm. so many of us are awake. So many of us are looking at this and whether the timing of this movie coming out, the timing two years ago, right before the movie went into production of the Biden regime exonerating Oppenheimer for a, a trial that happened a long time ago. And another problem with exonerating Oppenheimer, because I do not trust whoever put Joe Biden in office. Right. And I do not think that they are American. It is my firm belief that they want a one party system. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, so many Democrats and leftists are so blinded by uh propaganda and brainwashing of hatred of either Trump or Republicans or right or whatever, that they don't realize that one party system will be global. It will mm-hmm. not be American. It will be the institution of Agenda 2030. Yeah. It will be sustainable development goals. It'll be top down one world money, one world military, NATO, one world control, very, very controlled uh, one world type religion, if religion is allowed at all. And this is not extraordinary. This has happened in the past. It just never happened in America. And the thing about America is we are the great experiment of freedom, liberty, and self-determination. And they do not want that to exist anymore. Plus, Mm -hmm. people never talk about that, of course, China and every other nation would like our amazing natural resources that we are on top of. But, you know, this, um, this was vacated, this ruling, 68 years after this trial happened. I'd be curious if somebody had a Wayback Machine and could trace it, what did his Wikipedia look like 10 years ago, five years ago? (laughs) 
like two years ago, two months ago, two weeks ago, like Mm -hmm. leading up to the release of this movie. It's amazing how they they kind of whitewash these things. Uh, That would be a good little project for some of you little digital soldiers out there. What, what did his, the egg, you know, did did, did, did they, white, what did they exonerate him to make him into a hero to help Hollywood get the movie more Mm -hmm. uh, or the opposite? Like it's just, it's, or, and then there's another thought to it too, which is, this doesn't set a great precedence to go back in time and exonerate a scientist or anyone, a general, whatever it is, in a totally different decade, generation, a different environment, mm-hmm. and say that a decision that happened 50 years ago that was decided in a trial can now be undone. Because what does that open the door to? Great what other security clearance mm-hmm. uh, suspensions and uh, can be reversed? Well, it's like not, you, it's not a, it's not a, a far stretch though. When you can also vilify every founding father, every right. horror, every hero of, mm-hmm. of war. Like when you, when you're renaming military bases and everything based on looking through a telescope lens backwards, 100 years and judging somebody based on your standard today and, and, and your pronouns of the moment, you know, and judging them through that lens, when you can rewrite for the good, you can rewrite for the bad. Yep. You can simply make everything in the past, whatever you would like to fit your current yeah. agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's just striking to me the time that this is coming out because all I can think about is the different times that, cause you know, I talk a lot about, especially cause um, Kathy and I have done a whole series on um, uh, collective trauma and how mm-hmm. uh, JFK murder and other nine 11, other things, they put the uh, populace into a very malleable, very suggestible kind of, a kind of desperate situation, kind of Hegelian dialectic, create the problem, you know, cause the mm-hmm. chaos mm-hmm. and come in with the solution, all the same guy. So I, I just find it very hard to believe what, what I know now about the last 50 years of our history, especially the CIA and, and a lot of the media and how, what really is going on. It's, it's just, it's extraordinary mm-hmm. <laughs> coincidence that this would be coming out to ignite I believe a lot of fear of a nuclear bomb and what a nuclear bomb would do while we are daily hearing about Mm -hmm. nuclear brinksmanship from insane psychopaths, in my opinion, that will not uh, negotiate the end of all of this. Because you know what? Also with JFK, one of the multiple reasons I believe he was murdered by his own people was because he wanted to end, end the creation of both biological weapons and nuclear weapons. Yep. This guy actually Oppenheimer wanted was saying that they shouldn't make them either. Like, uh, but now, you know, so you got to put that all together with these warmongers right now that are, you know, our kids, it's only any day now before, you know, the LGBTQ plus and the CRT starts adding, you know, uh, the knowledge of nuclear war and the possibility mm-hmm. of world war. I mean, they've been pretending that's not the case, but as you guys reported on with me, you know, almost two years ago, it was always the case, mm-hmm. you know, something's wrong. The great reset is about destroying what is and rebuilding it the way they want. Sustainable yeah. development goals are sustainable for them, you yes. know, and the people that have wailed at this power. So uh, what about, when did the book come out that was written that this movie is based 2005, on? 2005. So 2005. Okay. 2005. And, and she's, and she obviously saw the movie and yes. uh, she's excited for everyone to see it. Yeah. But definitely yeah. pushing some sort of agenda. Yeah, yeah. No, well, she's saying that it's it's it uh is it is a uh, basically in, in the interviews that I've seen with her and reading is she's saying that it's a rebuke 
of, of the McCarthy hearings about Marxism and communism mm-hmm. infiltrating America, again, at a time when, uh, hello, Marxism and communism obviously did infiltrate yes. America. So you got that on top of a very left wing, very that her book is very sympathetic to him, um, but also very sympathetic and acting as if mm-hmm. the entire communist Red Scare McCarthy hearings, all of that were a lie. And that that never happened, and that it was a witch hunt by the right, and um, and again, it's the same thing, same same kind mm. of storyline there. The other thing is, it was called um, American Prometheus, and I looked up the Prometheus, Prometheus myth, which is um, Prometheus was a, a Greek god uh, who upset Zeus because he gave um, fire to the people. He gave the tool of fire to the mortals, mm. and then. Punished him by for the rest of his life, he had to push a boulder up a hill, I believe, while uh, uh, hawks or something were biting at his organs. You know, uh, they're very fair yes. in the Greek myths about afterlife, <laughs> you know, like Dante's Inferno. And uh, and then every day he would push the, the, the um, boulder all the way up and then it would fall down and he'd have to do that every day the next day. So uh, apparently Zeus was very upset that Prometheus gave the tool of, pow- of fire to mortals. So that's what the book is. American Prometheus. Very interesting. Just like his quote. So, yep. you know, to me, it's like, Hmm, it's all you know, the timing just seems very, you know, it's like at this yeah. point with everything we know, the timing seems a little suspect mm-hmm. to get a lot of people really, really scared or paranoid or panicked or up in arms about uh, the prospect of world war three, which we all know there is no way that it will not be a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And, uh, and and sadly, you know, I was also looking up because not only does Russia have the most weapons, nuclear weapons, but we have been sending a lot of our military weaponry and everything to Ukraine mm-hmm. and to the EU. We also still have wars that nobody can really explain in Syria, in Yemen. Uh, I think we still have 800 bases. I didn't know we had 80,000 troops already in, in Europe that can be ready to go on the front lines of this World War III. And um, I don't know what the PSYOP, what do you guys think if it was, if it is some kind of thing where they're like, okay, well, we're going to give, he's going to be making a movie about uh, the nuclear war. It's going to be like that, that 1980s, the day after it's going to scare people to death. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's going to come out mid July around mid July. We're also going to trigger world war three and talk a lot about nuclear weapons. If that is not a coincidence, (laughs) what, what could that be about? Yeah. It, well, let, let me th- throw out just another thing, just with the, with the the energy usage of it. You know, uh, I think on average, like every day or every three days or something like that, China's opening a new coal plant. You know, that right. that's happening there, and there's this big push everywhere here to go towards you know uh, clean renewable energy. Nuclear is obviously the cleanest, most efficient, most most useful. We're yeah. we're shutting those down like like crazy, going with the solar panels or the wind turbines, which you know kills birds. What do they have um, like a seven year lifespan? Yeah. You know the the oil in them that, mm-hmm. that you have to put in and add to. They're, they're so ridiculous when you look at the whole model mm-hmm. of the wind turbines, and then they, they and then they're thrown into a there's a there's a pit specifically for them. I think in in West, Wyoming or something to just they're bury, massive. You know, uh, killing the birds, all these kind yep. of things. But so so they're going with all these alternative energies that they've got to convince you are better because nuclear has got to be awful. And and you know Nolan yeah. Nolan is also attacked the oil industry. He's attacked mm-hmm. all of the things that this current regime is also turning off. Mm-hmm. 
so I, you know, just, I, I mean, can you imagine that there was no conversation between Granholm and when nobody knows what the Department of Energy does except for destroy our energy independence and go towards the uh, COP 27 carbon credit? Just last week, Yellen's out there uh, in China talking about a international global climate tax that we'd all have to pay to them, uh, to the people that create everything. Also, what's the worst thing for climate, for their climate emergency? War. What would right. be the absolute worst thing? Nuclear uh. war. So put that into the mix. And then what you just said, David, is really interesting too, because what we are seeing in this, in this scenario too, is that Oliver Stone, the, our pal that we've, we've shown mm -hmm. his, his movie, um, uh, Ukraine on Fire, and suggested it multiple times. He actually has a documentary out now about nuclear being the answer. I don't know if you guys have ever talked <laughs> I've to not, or know. I've not seen yeah. that yet. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're calling him uh, everything he puts out. Uh, they call him a conspiracy theorist until it's until it's proven absolutely yeah. right. Everything. Um, but but you know that's that. And then Alex Epstein is out there. He's got a great book on fossil future. And you know, same thing. Like, what are they? What are what they are doing? Is they are creating total scarcity. Yeah. Uh, totally that they control everything. It's the sustainable development goals, mm -hmm. uh, which are not sustainable. It's controllable, predictable, manageable for them to sustain their power uh, while the rest of the world gets pushed to a very low socialist uh, for who survives. Mm -hmm. I frankly, a lot of people out there are saying that they're pushing for this war and this nuclear brinksmanship and all of this because the COVID wasn't as wasn't what they had planned what they or mm -hmm. this wasn't what they planned. And this is just another phase of the great reset. I'm sure uh, we talked about it on here, but people can go look up uh, George Soros's speech during the lockdowns, during COVID at the world economic forum. He made a very, very scary speech. And at the end of the speech, I, I have a lot of guys on from uh, all over the world that talk about it. And every single one of them was saying, well, to me, it sounds like what George Soros is saying is if we don't get the great reset, and we don't get the uh, this movement to the fourth industrial revolution, one world top down global governance. We're just going to have to blow the whole thing up. Mm -hmm. I, I do yeah. encourage everyone go look up George Soros's speech at the World Economic Forum. I believe uh, I would say 2021, the Davos one, okay. and listen to what he's saying. And because I fully believe that the entire planet is uh, being manipulated by a globalist billionaire oligarchy yep. uh, group of about 7,000 people, if I spoke well, it all out at the very top, and probably many we don't know that don't care that you don't know that live in some castle somewhere yeah. in England. But I have to tell you, like, I really, I just, I just, I'm curious what people think about these because mm -hmm. people are going to go see the movie and stuff, but are they going to know that two years before the Biden regime put in an executive order to exonerate this man, say that he was unfairly tried. Are they going to go back and exonerate Trump for all these bogus right. yeah. up charges in 50 years? Yeah, you know, well, that, it's, that, it's that, important to know right these things now? because we've, we've done all these shows. I just did a special the other day on the, uh, you know, kind of will you, will you know, let them eat bugs is with uh, mm -hmm. Sean Baker is a medical doctor and orthopedic surgeon, but he's a you know, carnivore diet guy, big on meat, understand that industry. Well, you know, uh, Iron Man here, uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, has his yeah. own, his own bug protein product that he's on with Stephen Colbert talking about the meat, you know, being bad, you know, they're, they're all on board with the, the agenda of these certain things. You know, uh, nobody's hardly, you know, tied in deeper to the world economic forum than, uh, uh, Matt Damon, except for Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm -hmm. which has a new movie coming out about oil 
and uh, Indian lands and, and all of that kind of a complicated story that, that has multiple you know layers involved. So they're making these movies, but they, they're, they're creating an agenda that reinforces or creates a, a, a platform for what the, the World Economic Forum via the Biden administration are putting in place. And so all of these things are connected. I'm anxious to get people's feedback when they mm-hmm. see this movie Me too. and uh, what they're doing. I encourage everybody, like and share this episode, put it out there. We're going to continue to to examine current events and culture. Culture's always, as they say, upstream, you know, Breitbart was from culture's upstream of policy. If you want to know the policies that are putting you in shackles today, look at the cultural message that was created just before it that made that possible to ramrod through. That is so good. And then all the graphics that Mel covered today, you can just text the phone number 40509, text the word Mel to 40509, and make sure you register for her newsletter at themelkshow.com and check out her resources. Mel, thank you so much for all of the research that you put in um, to help to get this information out. Thank you for having me. And I want you guys to know it's always so much fun. And I, I'm, we were, we were traveling a lot, but we're going to get back and do this. But this is exciting to do different things on different topics because you are right. We have to watch culture. I think a big problem to how we got mm-hmm. here is that we weren't paying attention to culture. And and in the meantime, they tried to, uh, and, and you're, you're right about all those same people and those same actors. You know, you can even look at some of the last few uh, Tony Stark movies and the transhumanism. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can you can go off, but why is it always the same people? So, right. you know, I just no wanted accident. to say thank you so much. It's really fun. We don't know what to make of this. It's just a lot of weird coincidences. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is if you feel like this movie is is triggering you emotionally, uh, you should take a step back and wonder why. And maybe that's the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, be brave, be strong, and uh, speak the truth. We also kind of like, like to break down the kind of the news behind the news, the actual facts behind the headlines when it comes to the economy, because things are thrown out and there's always a spin. Everybody's yep. got a spin. So we want to like kind of decipher what is their language actually doing. So every week we do an economic update with a guy that has not one, but two PhDs, Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Yay! Hey, how are you? Great. Welcome to the show. Well, it's great to be with you. Um, Yes. You know, a lot of uh, stuff happening going on. And and I saw this article um, actually just earlier this week uh, on Zero Hedge by a guy named Zoltan Posar. (laughs) So, you know, I would have hated that in kindergarten. No kidding. No, it's not like Adam or Steve. It's like (laughs) Zoltan. I bet he's not. From here, yeah, his no, mom was we, holding him like, like, "Oh, my little baby Zoltan." <laughs> some, some, some. I'm sorry, dude. A, I hope he doesn't watch our show. No, it's probably some kind of a European uh, descendant. But yep. but regardless of the name Zoltan, the guy is brilliant, right? So he's been soon. one of the world's foremost experts in really the ugly nuances and scenery of, of world money, right? So the guy is really really smart. So um, I've actually been reading him for for a long time. I just had to make fun of his name because it's Zoltan. Well, you it's have like, two PhDs. You're the kind of dude that would read articles by a guy named Zoltan. Yeah. yeah I know. Most people it, probably wouldn't understand the articles by a guy by the name of Zoltan. No, it reminds <laughs> me of a name that would be like the evil villain on a Disney cartoon, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, 
But no, the guy is absolutely just flipping brilliant, right? So, so he's talking about a monetary divorce from dollar hegemony, which means what? Means we've been the world's reserve currency and the global financial system is dumping it like yesterday's trash, right? And so, mm. so, but he, then he goes on to say, well, yeah, so this is, this is all happening, but what happens next? Because, yeah, you know, we've seen, we've seen these kind of things before, right? We went from, a gold-backed currency, um, you know, in the early 1920s in America, to then the Bretton Woods system, mm -hmm. which Bretton Woods system was done in 1944. It basically made the U.S. dollar the, the world's reserve currency at that point. Um, and for international settlements, our currency was still backed by gold. So countries could trade in their debts in gold with each other, but, but consumers couldn't, right? Citizens could not. And then in 1970s, Nixon closed that gold window, right, completely because France wanted it to be paid back in gold. And Nixon said, no way, Jose, we're, we're mm -hmm. not going to do that. We're, we're going to pay you back in our stinky dollars, right? So, so then at that point, we were, we were no longer the world's reserve currency in, in forms of having any kind of gold backing. Mm -hmm. So then... They were able to print money like there was no tomorrow. Why were they able to print money like there was no tomorrow? Because we technically then started backing our currency with oil because we had the petrodollar. Mm -hmm. Well, now what Zoltan is talking about here is a move yet again to like Bretton Woods 3, you know, okay. just named it Bretton Woods 3. Mm -hmm. It's just a change in the global economic order, changing of the dynamics in the global economy. So, so what he said in this article is that the global financial system is going through a monetary divorce and becoming more multipolar. So what do we mean by multipolar? Instead of just one U.S. dollar, you know, you're going to have like BRICS nations, for example, which is all kinds of countries that want to be backed by gold. We will find out August 22nd through the 26th of this year. So just a few weeks from now, right? If if this is what they're going to announce, and I have no reason to think why it, they would not announce that they are going to have a BRICS currency that's backed by gold. Now, there's a pickle that, that comes with that. It's like, is there enough gold in the world to back a currency? It's like, mm. of course there is. Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, you could back all the currency in the world with one ounce. It would just make that ounce really expensive. Right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, so people say, well, there's not enough gold to, to back. It's like, yes, there is. You just, you, this is why the prices change, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this is where if you're going to back the BRICS currency with gold, well, then we should be buying tangible assets now, right? Mm -hmm. Because once you have, and, and people say, well, Kirk, why wouldn't you invest in gold right now? Because silver's outperforming gold. I mean, just over the last week, you know, gold might have gone up like 1.6% or something like that, but silver went up like eight. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally went up over two bucks last week, which is incredible. So before all of this starts happening, by us allocating into silver, we'll sell our silver down the road, get more ounces of gold for free to take advantage of when these tectonic global shifts really start to become more prevalent in a multipolar financial world, right? So, mm -hmm. so Zoltan goes on to say, if you go into a world where trade is not dominantly invoiced in dollars, it's no longer a machinery where dollars are getting created on the margin. It's the dollars are getting accumulated on the margin. So not created, 
but rather accumulated by whom? By all the people getting the stimulus money, right? So, but there's no real meaning behind the value of the currency when all you do is just print it. Nobody wants it anymore. Mm -hmm. This is where you start to go into an inflationary world. And so what he then goes on to say is we're starting to see evidence that more and more commodity trades are being settled in Remnibi, which is the Chinese internal currency, right? Mm -hmm. So they're getting ready for a new change in the currency system mm -hmm. Already new trade agreements between countries trading, you know, uh, basically bilateral trade agreements, but even more and more commodity trades not being transacted in the U.S. dollars, but in the Chinese currency. Ooh, so this becomes really wild. So mm -hmm. this tells me that the BRICS nations are already stronger than what we already think that they are. So. What what then comes into play in a global tectonic shift of this magnitude where everything as we've known it since 1944? Well, people are going to oppose that because it's too many unknowns, right? They're going to yeah. say, I don't, I don't know about this Chinese currency. I don't think, but but this is why I believe the BRICS nations want to back their currency with gold, because people know gold. Mm -hmm. Even people who don't invest in gold know it's it has value. Right. It's real, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why they. That's why you get um, a, a wedding band that's made out of gold rather than like mm -hmm. aluminum sure. or something because it has value. People know that it's something. So, so here's where what are countries now doing? More and more, the data is telling us that, especially, especially in countries that are not geopolitically aligned with the U.S., they're shutting U.S. treasuries. They're shutting the dollar and they're buying gold instead because they know that a shift is coming. See, people don't invest. Countries don't invest. Billionaires don't invest. Hedge funds don't invest and basically mortgage the farm right. on, on something if they didn't think that it was a sure thing, mm -hmm. right? Central banks around the world are buying gold by the tens of tons, by the hundreds of tons and by the thousands of tons. When I see that, it's not like they're just dabbling in this stuff. Thinking, yeah, right. uh, if if we lose it, not a big deal. You know, we're, well, maybe we'll hit a home run, like like most you know kind of dumber American investors do. It's like, oh, I've I, I've got to hit a home run here. I've, I've I've worked my whole life. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I'm going to throw everything into this this dinar thing or F some. FDX right? looks like a, a, an exciting opportunity. Right. These guys yeah. are based in the Bahamas. Yeah. See, but that is not smart. That is, you can't hit a home run like that and expect it to actually work, right? Mm -hmm. It's always hard work. It's consistency. It's consistency of future expectations. It's not overpaying for anything. It's minimizing risk, maximizing return. Those are the, the ideals that create mm -hmm. wealth mm -hmm. over time, right? So, yep. so that's when, when in this article, this, this, what he's telling us is that countries, are shunning U.S. treasuries. Why? Because they don't see a good end result for it. They're buying gold. Why? Because they do see an end result for it that's mm -hmm. good, or else they wouldn't do it. And they're not dabbling. They're buying hundreds or thousands of tons. There's a lot of pounds in a ton, and there's a yeah. lot of <laughs> ounces in a pound, right? This is a lot of gold that we're talking about. So, so here's where he kind of ends with, he thinks that the gold aspect is the only thing that definitely survives. 
He said, I think the commodity shortage in this is going to be there and it's, there's going to be a shortage in gold because of all these central banks that are buying it. So, so I say that to say, if we allocate into silver now, it's outperforming, then we can get gold before it goes into the shortage mode because of all these central banks buying it up to back their currency. It's like, okay, now for the people that are investing into crazy things, thinking they're going to hit a home run, this is a home run. It just takes a little bit longer to right. get there, right? So, so boy, I, I just want people to minimize their risk, maximize mm -hmm. their return. And when you've got politicians doing such crazy dumb things like they're doing right now, um, that's what causes gold and silver to thrive. Case in point, Janet Yellen. She, okay, she's a but, smart lady. She's She's got to be, right? But um, I always like these these pictures of politicians and they make them just like crazy looking right but yep but she said there this is a crazy statement funding ukraine's war effort is the best boost for the global economy it's like that defies economic logic that you learn in an introductory economics class mm -hmm. is that you never use good money to chase bad right this, the end result of war is always damage to both sides. There's nothing productive that ever comes out of that, right? So, so it's 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 a it's a loss of of you know bullets as they just go away. Yeah. Now you have to pay money to them. It's a loss of lives, which those people never be mm -hmm. able to be productive again. Mm -hmm. It's a loss of time. So this is a classic example of good money chasing bad. And some supposedly smart economists saying this is going to be the best thing for the global economy ever. How could it be when you're creating nothing that brings productivity to the table? You're doing nothing that creates lasting jobs. It's like, well, maybe you do create jobs in the in the immediate term, right? Because you have to you have to create the war machine, but then those jobs go away. Right. When the right. war is over. War never does anything good for an economy long term. So why would she say that this is going to be good for the global economy? Because she has to, because she's a politician and they have to justify their actions somehow. And most people will not understand what she's saying, right? But this is not good for the economy. This is why you're going to see more inflationary pressures and gold and silver continuing to go up. Man. Okay. So um, we do not have serious people or people that should be no. taken seriously in charge. Nope. So something that you talk about all the time to protect ourselves is to, you know, get out of this dollar, get into something that is safe. Uh, and silver and gold, silver specifically right now, is a great place for spending our money and, and putting our, our attention. Um, you can go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page. It's a place that you can fill out your information. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team will give you a call to answer questions uh, to help you walk through this process. You know, I mean, for us, when we first started doing it, we, we didn't understand it at all, but they did a great job of explaining it to us so that we could make wise decisions for our family. And to know why you're doing, you know, what you're doing. And you think about this, like I have a, I have a dollar and I have, you know, a chunk of silver here. Is this, you know, if you, if you had the equivalent amount of each, if you had a shoebox full of U.S. dollars and a shoebox full of silver, but saving you know equal dollar amount today, which would anybody want? Definitely the silver. You know, the, the silver is going to, like, if you're going to put them both in some locked safe and come back in 100 years, which are you going to want? If you're going to come back in one year, which would you want? Mm -hmm. You would want the silver. You know, and so it's like anything that is tied, whether it's your mutual funds or your IRA or anything is tied to this, you know yep. it's not going to be worth as much in the future as safe. a real 
item. So exactly these guys right. help you walk through that. It's not our site. We just have a, a directing page, flyovergold.com. All that does is just whoop, direct you right to their spot because it's easier to spell that than it is Kirk. Is it Kurt? Is it Kurt with a T? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What is that? Elliot? That's It's got double letters. Very confusing. So, so flyovergold.com just gets you into their space to put in your information. That's right. Or you can call 720-605-3900. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a (laughs) handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Flyover family, join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. Have you ever wondered about ancient civilizations or the moon landing, chemtrails, the Nephilim, demons? Those are all things that fascinate me decided to use our platform of the Flyover Conservative podcast and create a new show called Conspiracy Conversations. Every Saturday morning, we get together with some of the brightest minds in the world that have spent thousands of hours on a topic, churning through the research, looking at things they've traveled, they've been to the locations, they're looking for the truth because they're as curious as you and I are about what's true. What is really true about our past, where we came from, where we are, and where we're going? We don't bring on guests to iron out their wrinkles and find out the things that we disagree on. No more than I go to the grocery store and and, and try to put everything in the whole store in my cart. I just try to walk out with better ideas than I had when I walked in. If you got something inside you that's like, what about that? I don't even know if I agree, but I would like to hear them out. 
if you have an open mind and a curious heart, we've got a show for you every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, conspiracyconversations.com. 